This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. If you already have your Bibles this morning, I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 121. Psalms, chapter 121. We are in the middle of a brand new series, and the series is entitled Pressing Through the Storm. This morning I'm preaching on this subject, we are on a journey. In Psalms chapter 121, I want you to notice with me, beginning in verse 1, I'm going to read verse 1 through 8. The Bible says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. This morning, I want you to look carefully at the scriptures as we think about this subject. We are on a journey. So many of the Psalms, when you think about it and you read them, we're we're very much familiar with the Psalms. So many of them are written to remind us as believers that indeed we are on a journey. And it ought to make us thankful as believers to know that the journey of life that we are on does have a destination. I want you to think about that. We're on a journey, and this journey does have a destination. The Bible clearly teaches us that as born-again believers, we are not on this earth nor in this earth as wanderers. We're in this earth and on this planet as pilgrims. There's a big difference between being a wanderer and a pilgrim. The church of the living God is moving closer to the finish line each and every day. I want you to think about this. As a pilgrim in this world, it's important to understand that we are not in this atmosphere. We're not on this planet to stay. And let me ask you, wouldn't that be a terrible scenario for the human soul if all there was was this old wicked earth? You think about that just for a moment. But as pilgrims just passing through, think about this. This is not our home. We're not here to stay. 
The old songwriter said, we're just passing through. But the truth of the matter is this. Do you know that lost people are just passing through as well? There is not a human being on the face of this earth that is meant to be here forever. This world is not the final destination for born-again believers nor lost people. In fact, let me say this, that if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, your destination is hell. Now, I know there are a lot of churches today and a lot of pastors and preachers that no longer preach on hell. The primary focus for a lot of preachers today is just make people feel warm and fuzzy and comfortable. Give them just a sweet hour prayer. But I will tell you this, that's part of the problem that this world is in today. There are too many preachers trying to make people comfortable. And the reason why we have so many icicles in the pew is because we have too many polar bears in the pulpit. I will tell you this, that the Bible does still speak about heaven and hell. And it's not my job as a pastor, it's not my job as a preacher to make you comfortable. It's my job and responsibility, it's my calling and it's my passion to help you to understand that this world is not the final destination. This is not the stopping place. Whether you are born again, washed in the blood, or whether you do not know Christ as your personal Savior, the truth of the matter is we are all here simply passing through. I want you to think about this. But as Christian people, born again, children of God, our destination is heaven. If you don't know Christ, you're on your way to hell. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you will spend eternity in hell. But if you are blood washed, if you have been born again, you are a child of God, then your destination is heaven. Thank God, listen carefully, as believers, we are all headed to the same place. Amen? I want you to understand today that there is no upper class heaven. There is no middle class heaven. There is no lower class heaven. I'm telling you this, we are all headed to the same place and it's the glorious city of God. Somebody say amen. You say, do you really believe that? I'm telling you this, friend. I'm glad this morning that heaven is big enough for everyone that's ever called upon the name of Jesus. Jesus said this, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am there, somebody say amen. Ye may be also. Glory to God. Heaven is a place. It's a real place. And as Christian people, listen, born again children of God, we are all headed for that destination.
We are all headed for that place as believers. It's going to be a great day when we get there. Amen. We, we stand and sing the song so many times. We know it by heart. We don't even need to turn to the hymnal and refer to the words. When Brother Kyle asked us to stand and sing the song, what a day that will be. Listen, we know those words. And we can rejoice in them. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face and thank him for his saving grace. Oh, let me tell you this. That's going to be a wonderful day when we all get to heaven. The truth of the matter is this. Some of us will get there early. But none of us will get there late. I want you to think about that. Some of us will get there early, but none of us will get there late. It's going to be a grand reunion day. I will tell you this. When we speak about getting there a little early, one of the things that pains me as a pastor and a preacher, it pains me to see us going one at a time. You know what I'm talking about? One of the most heartbreaking things for a true God-called preacher and pastor is to plan the funeral for a friend or a family member. I, I cannot tell you the agony and the strain and the stress that overwhelms me at times when I have to sit down at my desk and I open the scriptures and I begin to reflect upon that person's life. And I begin to put some words down to some of the things that their life has touched me by. Just the other day, I stood at the graveside of one of my dear friends, Pastor Busby. And one thing I shared with the people on that particular Saturday was this. The outline of our life will be determined by the life we lived. When the preacher one day stands at your casket, remember this, the words that we are moved and compelled to say is predetermined by the life you live. You think about that. It pains me to sit down and, and, and write those words out and to reflect upon the loss of a dear friend and a family member. But listen, when, when all of that's said and done and the sorrow that we experience, thank God, we don't have to weep as people who do not have any hope. The Bible says this, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. When we are standing in the shadows of death, it pains us to say goodbye. You see, dying's easy, but the leaving's hard. But there's coming a day when we have that great day, when we will all together as believers, when we will all together stand in the presence of God, when we forever will be reunited with our friends, our family, our loved ones, 
But until then, until our crossing time takes place, until then, we all must walk the road that is set before us. Now I want you to think about this. Here's the thought that I would like for you to think about this morning. Though the destination is the same, our journey getting there is different. I'm not suggesting to you in any way, shape, or form that there are many ways to get to heaven. That's not what I'm in reference to. I want you to understand this. Jesus said, I am the way. He's not a better way. He's not the alternate way. He's not the good way. He is the only way. I want you to understand this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. But when you receive Christ as your personal Savior, our steps or our path is quite different. The Bible says in Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. What do you mean, preacher? You're saying there's only one way to heaven, but our steps and our path is different. Absolutely. We're on a journey. And let me assure you of this. Some of us in this auditorium, on this road to heaven, heaven is our destination. I will tell you that some of us will experience life in difficult ways. Some of us will experience raging rivers to cross. Some of us will have overwhelming mountains to climb. Some of us will experience those dark desert barriers times. Some of us will have unprecedented storms, troubles, and trials. Listen, some will die. Some will be caught up in the rapture. The truth is this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Listen carefully. But I will tell you that no man's journey to heaven is the same. God has set a different course He has set a different race before us. Now, that doesn't mean that God loves some people more than others. That doesn't mean that at all. The Bible teaches us that he is not a respecter of persons many times on our journey. Listen carefully. Many times on this road to heaven, heaven is the destination. Jesus is the way that makes it possible. The road traveled, sometimes out of nowhere. There comes unexpected curves, slopes, hills, valleys. You will get to a place on this journey as you travel through life where you will feel sometimes that the pavement just ends. You'll find yourself in dark places where you feel like that the road has suddenly turned into cold, dark, stony ground. It's in those difficult places of our journey that we need to realize this, that there is never going to be a place, point, and time where we do not all need God. Amen? I want you to think about this. Friend, don't ever get to the place in life where you feel like you've got it and where you feel like you can have a day off or a pass from dependency. None of us will ever get to the place in this life where we are not totally dependent on God. You will never get to the place where you'll say, God, I've got it. You ever seen that guy on the, on the television, he's doing the commercial, he's juggling those chainsaws, and that guy walks up there to him and says, I got it, give it to me. 
And the guy's juggling the chainsaws. He's shaking his head. That other guy said, yeah, give it to me. I got it. There's none of us that will ever get to the place where we can juggle the chainsaws of life without him. You say, what do you, because he said this in John 15, 5, without me, you can do nothing. None of us can take on life and survive it without God. I don't know how about you, but I can find out in my life pretty quick that it's easy to trust God on the sunny slopes. I can trust him when the sun's shining. So can you. I don't think that's ever intimidating to any of us. In fact, on the sunny slopes of our life, isn't it very easy to look over at someone that's going through a dark valley and say, you can make it. You're a child of God. I mean, when, when we're standing in a place where we're standing on the promises and we're singing rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. And we see some brother or sister or family member going through a dark day in their life. It's easy for us to stand back and say, oh, trust God. You can make it. Come on now. Just another mile of the way. But sometimes when it's us who are not standing on the sunny slopes of life and we're standing in the valley of predicament, sometimes there's a different chapter and verse to that story which we make up ourselves. Thank God for the good times that you have. Don't take one of them for granted. Whenever you wake up in the morning and you can bask in the sunlight of God's love and you can be on that place called the sunny slopes of life. The bountiful blessings of God are just oozing out of everywhere. Listen, thank God for those. Don't take a single one for granted. Thank God for the bright sunny days. Thank God for the time your health is good. Don't ever take a day of good health for granted. Thank God for the days that you find that you can pay your bills. Thank God for the days that you find where your family is not in turmoil. But listen, all of those good sunny slopes of life can change in a blink of an eye. And when that happens, and it will, here's what you do. Run to Psalms 121. Reach out for that scripture. The psalmist, if you notice, he lifts up his eyes to the hills above and he sees the one who's not only the one who is the destination of the journey, but who is also the strength for every step of the journey. Here's what I'd like for you to remember this morning, that in spite of all the winding roads of your life, the unexpected turns, the perilous times that you encounter along the way, Here's what I want you to understand, that the Bible gives us full assurance about this wonderful truth. You might even want to write this down. In the dark days of your journey, remember this, God is never too big to care. And no matter who we are, we are never too small to stop him from caring. We've already mentioned this in another series, but I want you to get this truth deep down into your heart that the Bible never lies. It never deceives us by claiming that life is easy for anybody who gives their heart to Christ. 
When a person is born again, listen, there is no angel that comes by and says, listen now, if you get saved today, you're going to get a discount on grace. You're going to get a discount. And when you get saved, listen now, for the first 60 days, we guarantee you're not going to have a trouble in the world. God doesn't send an angel to us and say, listen now, for the first 90 days, and this is a trial by error, for the first 90 days, listen now, you can roller skate on any plateau of life. No rain, no clouds, no storm. For the first 90 days, listen, you're guaranteed smooth sailing. Listen, that's not how it works. There, there are no varieties of grace. There's no premium grace. There's no, as I said, middle class grace. There's no lower class grace. Listen, we are saved by grace. One grace. Nobody's grace is better than anybody else's. When you stop and think about that, it doesn't when we get saved, listen, we, we don't get a pass that says get out of trouble free for 90 days. In fact, the Bible's perfectly clear. The Bible never promises any shortcuts. It doesn't promise any bypass from dangerous toils and snares. But this one thing is for sure, and I want you to listen very carefully to this. With every storm that comes our way, we have the undisputable promise in the word of God that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Aren't you glad for that? What we all have to remember is this, that whatever our journey is, this life is not all that there is. We're on a journey. We have a destination. We're walking. We're climbing. Maybe we're running. We're on a journey to a celestial eternal city. There are a couple of things that I want us to recognize. Number one is this. If you're writing notes in this particular message today, none of us can make this journey on our own. I want you to look at Psalms 121 and verse 2. And the Bible says this. We've read it, but let's reread it. And while you're turning to Psalms 121 and you're looking at verse 2, I want you to turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to reference there in just a moment. Colossians chapter 1. So you've got a couple of places open in your scriptures today. In fact, we're going to be looking at several others. These verses will help you. They'll comfort you. They'll bring encouragement and strength to your soul. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. We'll read that in a minute. But first, let's look at, at, at Psalms chapter 121, verse 2. The psalmist says, My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. You see, God is not simply a God. I want you to think about that. He is the only God. There are, this world is full of false gods. You can cry out to any one of them. And you will not get an answer. Do you remember Elijah the prophet challenged Ahab? And the prophets, the false prophets of Baal. In fact, he went as far as to mock them. He said, call upon your gods. See if they will answer you. And the Bible goes on to tell us that they cut themselves and carried on all day long. Did not hear anything. 
But when Elijah called out from God, to God, fire fell from heaven. This world can make up a God every day. This world can believe in all kinds of different types of gods, but I'll tell you there is only one. Jehovah is his name. He's the God who made everything. He's not only the God who made everything, but he is the God who sustains everything. Listen carefully. He's not only the God who made everything, not only is he the God who sustains everything, but he is the God who has everything under his feet. Look in Colossians 1, verse 16 and 17. The Bible says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Now I want you to hold on to this truth. One day when you feel that life is pulling you under, you're on your journey, you know the destination is heaven, you know you're going to get there early, you will not get there late. You will get there in God's time. You know Jesus is the door. He's the way. But you're feeling now that you're walking down life's road and you feel that some storm and difficulty is pulling you under. Remember that the one who is calling out to you, the one who is reaching out to you, is the one who made the heavens and the earth. Listen carefully. When you have a problem in your life, you're not calling out to a bunch of lucky stars. When you have a problem in your life as a born-again believer, listen, you're not reaching out to something like you're scratching like a lotto ticket and hope that you win lucky. Let me tell you this. You are not calling out to a pig in a poke when you are on a journey taking you down dark, chilly waters. Listen, you take a deep breath, fall on your knees, lift your eyes to the hills, and hold on to this blessed truth. The one that you're calling out to is the one who created and sustains and has everything under his feet. That's the one who has promised to walk with you every mile of the way. Number two is this. On our journey, we're never out of his sight. In Psalms 121, verse 3, look at it carefully. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. On your journey, and we, and we all have a different road. Some of us might be on the Jericho road. Some of us might be on that road that the good Samaritan was under. As we travel the road, our steps are ordered by the Lord. All of us have different circumstances, different problems, different troubles, different trials. But we're all going to the same place as believers by the merciful nail-scarred hands of Christ. Listen, there's no other way. On this journey, we're never out of his sight. God will never take his eyes off of us. I'm so thankful of this. And I want you to turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. Here's the thing that I want you to realize while you're turning your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. That no matter where I am in this journey, he will never, ever, ever take his eyes off of me. Aren't you glad for that? 
He will never take his eyes off of me. In Mark chapter 6, if you notice in verse 45, and straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethesda while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. Now notice verse 48. And he saw them. He saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed them by. Look very carefully at verse 48. The Bible says Jesus saw them toiling. And here's the thing that I want you to get out of the scripture today. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. While he saw those disciples 2,000 years ago, it's the same Jesus of Nazareth who's looking down from heaven watching you and I today. Listen, we don't have another Jesus. There's not another Holy Spirit. There's not another God in heaven. I'm telling you, the same Jesus. The angel said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing? This same Jesus which is taken from you shall so come again in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. This same Jesus who saw those disciples is looking down today upon you and I. God is consumed with me. He is consumed with you. He will never ever be out of touch with us. We will never ever be out of his sight nor out of his reach. Every one of us, listen carefully, have become very personalized to God. Every one of us. I'm not going to ask you to turn, but you might want to write this reference down. Matthew chapter 10, verse 30. Listen carefully. We're very familiar with this scripture. The Bible says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Now listen. If God is up to date with the numbers of hair that we have on our head... I can assure you that he is likewise up to date with the struggles that I have in this life. He is up to date with the turmoil that you're going through. If you still have your Bibles marked in Psalms 121, flip back to that and I want you to see verse number 3. We read it at the beginning of the message, but I want you to see it right now. Verse number 3. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee, will not slumber. So no matter what's happening in your life, listen, God is never out of touch. God never needs an amber alert for what's going on in your life. He never has to be informed. He never sleeps. He never takes a day off. He never goes out to lunch. God has his eyes on me. If it's 12 o'clock at night, if it's 3 o'clock in the morning, if it's 12 o'clock at noon, his eye is on the sparrow. His eye is on me. His eye is on you. Doesn't matter. This is what Psalms 121 verse 5 and 6 is teaching us. Look at those scriptures. Psalms 121 verse 5 and 6. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade 
upon the right hand. Look, I want you to look at that very carefully. Look at those words. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. And notice verse 6. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. I want you to notice the word shade in verse 5. And right hand. Now I want you to see, hold your place. We'll come back to it. Turn back to the left just a little bit. Look at Psalms 98 just for a moment. In Psalms 98 verse 1. I want you to keep in mind what we have just read in Psalms 121, verse 5 and 6. And if you can hold that thought on pause just for a moment, read with me Psalms 98, verse 1. Look carefully. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things by his right hand. Listen, we have just read in Psalms 121 and verse number 5 about his right hand. In Psalms 98... Oh, sing unto the Lord, verse 1, a new song, for he hath done marvelous things by his right hand, and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. Now, the scriptures repeatedly speak of the right hand of God in his relationship to us by his almighty, omnipotent power. Psalms 121 and Psalms 98 tells us that in this stressful journey of life, we are protected both day and night by the powerful right arm of God. Hallelujah. Number three. God not only protects us day and night by his powerful almighty hand, but why does he do that? Why, why does God protect us? He protects us, listen, to preserve us. There's a purpose in all of this. It's, it's for a reason. There's a reason for his protection. Let me explain it to you. If you still have your Bibles open to Psalms 121, look at verse 7. The word says, the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. You see, the psalmist is saying this, we are protected from evil. On this life, in this life, on this journey, we have to keep in mind that our destination as believers is the same. You, you'll be somewhere forever. You will either spend eternity in heaven or you will die without Christ and spend eternity in hell. Would you think about that just for a moment? Because I'm going to tell you something. When our turn, when our time comes, when we close our last blink of the eyes, when we take our last breath in this life, listen, God's not rolling dice with us. When we close our eyes for the last time, listen, God doesn't decide when we draw our last breath What's going to happen to us? Heaven does not have a meeting. The angels don't get together. Peter, James, and John doesn't get together and consult with God. What do you think we ought to let happen to this individual? I'm telling you this. God doesn't send, listen carefully, God has never sent anybody to hell. You say, preacher, hell's full of people. It is. People are dying every day and dropping in hell like flies. But I can tell you this. 
The Bible says it's not the will of the Father that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You see, God's not up there in heaven just sending people to heaven uh, and sending people to hell. Listen, I will tell you this, that if a person dies and goes to hell, it will not be because God loves somebody less than he loves somebody else. I will tell you, every person that's in hell today is there for one reason and one reason only, and that is they did not trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I'm telling you he's not a better way a good way another way he is the only way and if a person dies and goes to hell it's their own fault not God's fault he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son His son, Jesus, gave his hands to the cross. He gave his feet to the cross. He gave his side to a Roman spear. He gave his head to a crown of thorns. He gave his blood to the dirt of the ground that it might produce and buy and purchase the ransom for every human soul that will call upon his name. He gave his mother back to the disciples and he cried with a loud voice, it is finished and gave his spirit back to God. Friend, if you die and go to hell, it's not his fault, it's your fault. He gave everything he had for you and me that we could have salvation and a home in heaven. On our road, and the devil comes our way and he tries to rack havoc in our life. He tries to intimidate us. He tries to disrupt our journey. You have to remember this. That whatever the devil does to you, whatever happens to you in life, I've said this before, don't forget this important truth, it has already passed through the hands of God. When Job was afflicted by the devil, did God not permit it? God told the devil, you can do anything to him but take his life. You see, it had already passed through the hands of God. I can assure you of this. On the journey, whatever comes your way as a believer, as a child of God, God is greater. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Never forget this. I've had people to ask me this question many times. Pastor, I don't understand it. Why? Please tell me why. So many bad things happen to good people. Have you ever wondered that? Why, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, let me tell you this. Bad things not only happen to good people. Bad things happen to saved people. People that are born again, who have given their heart to Christ. But whatever happens in your life, nothing will ever, ever take place where it has not already been under the supervision of God. When those disciples were toiling on the sea, God saw it. Nothing is ever beyond the control of God. See, the psalmist is saying that God is preserving our existence. God is not going to let us draw our last breath on this earth without Him. 
when we draw our last breath, listen, I want you to never forget this. When we draw as believers our last earthly breath, God doesn't put a period behind our life. He puts a comma. Because you see, this is not all there is. He puts a comma. What comes after the comma preacher? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Paul said it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 8. You see, we're all eternal creatures of God. All of us have been created in His likeness and in His own image. All of us have a soul. All of us will be somewhere forever. And God is preserving our existence. He will not only guard our soul in this life, but He prays His holy name. He will guard us and protect us throughout the endless ages. I want to close by saying this. When you feel life is not fair, and perhaps you have in your heart said, Lord, I don't know why I have so many troubles and trials, more so than this one, more so than that one. Well, if I was that person, if I were in your shoes, I wouldn't have all this stuff going on in my life. Always remember this, that you're never out of his sight. Everything that happens has already passed through his hands. He doesn't put a period behind your life. He puts a comma. And then let me let you go home today thinking about this. God not only loves us enough to where he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross. But God loved us enough not only to send Jesus to die for us, but he loved us enough to want to spend eternity with us. Can you imagine God loving me, loving you so much that not only did he pay the debt and say, now you don't have to die and go to hell, but he took it so much farther. I loved you enough to keep you out of hell. And I love you enough to spend eternity with you. Then that blow your mind. You listen to Pastor Tony Kahoot. For more information, visit our website at Buford Road Baptist Church.com.